Maybe that's just allegorical, fictitious. And that's the problem when you depart from the authority of scriptures. And by the way, more and more churches and schools are doing that. Deciding, as if they are God, which stories they'll believe and which stories they won't. But I think you can rest assured that this is uh, the Word of God. Uh, there was a great story that Carl Henry used to tell. Carl Henry was a theologian, still around, I think. Old, though. In his younger days, in college, he said he used to go to the public forum at his college and, and just have open-air preaching. Imagine, that's kind of difficult. Just walk up to a crowd of people and just start sharing. And it was very effective, but he brought in all sorts of interesting characters just by virtue that he did it in an open forum outside of the college. And one day a skeptic came by and talked to Carl Henry and said, interrupted the crowd, said, you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, do you? He said, yes, I do. You don't believe that God can do miracles, do you? Yes, I do, said Carl Henry. Well, what about the story of Jonah? How can a man survive in the belly of a whale or great fish, whatever you think it is, for three days and three nights? Because we know that there are really no animals or species of mammal that has a mouth that large. There's no air. What about the gastric juices from the stomach? How could a man survive? And started asking all these questions about Jonah. And Carl Henry said, Sir, I don't know the answers to all your questions. But when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. The crowd kind of chuckled. Then the skeptic retorted, Well, how do you know that Jonah will even be in heaven? And Carl Henry smiled and said, Well, if he's not, then in that case you ask him. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And so he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare, went down into it, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. The time at which this guy is doing his thing was around the time of Jeroboam II. We read in the book of 2 Kings that the borders of Israel were expanded during his reign according to the prophecy of Jonah, the son of Amittai. That's what it says in 2 Kings. And uh, we know that Jonah was from a town called Gath-Hefer up in the Galilee region. His contemporaries were the prophet Amos and the prophet Hosea. If you were looking for a theme of this book, the theme is mercy. You know, everybody has controversial questions about what was going on inside of this whale. And how could that be possible? And, and all of the ramifications. When the greater treasure and lesson of this book isn't what's going on inside the great fish, but what's going on inside Jonah. There's more than one miracle in this book. I mean, even if you were to throw out the idea of a great fish swallowing a man, you still have to deal with the last chapter. 
There's the miracle of the vine. There's the miracle of the sun scorching it. And there's the greatest miracle of all, and that is everyone in the city of Nineveh turning to the Lord in mass repentance. I said that the theme was mercy, twofold. One, mercy upon a nation that is against God, and two, mercy upon a pouting prophet. A strong-willed man who wouldn't go God's way and God refused to let him go, God wrestled him until he cried uncle. God was merciful. God was faithful. God is patient, but God is very persistent, as Jonah's going to find out even in chapter 1. By the way, the word Jonah means dove. I chuckle at that because a dove is a peaceful, gentle, amiable, even obedient creature. And Jonah was not a dove. Jonah was the kind, if God said, go that way, he'd say, no, I'm going that way. And we're going to find out perhaps.